Welcome to the Improve, Inspire, Impact podcast, very much about the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. I can't believe this is episode six. I only intended to do one or two right at the beginning of this. The title of this one is Stories, as the contributions I received were in response to a Facebook post. Nothing in particular was asked for, just the stories and feelings and experiences basically whatever was going on in people's lives. And the result is a snapshot of how people are feeling in the week beginning the 4th of May. Today is the 10th of May, and we're waiting to hear a little bit later what changes, if any, will be made to lockdown. In case this is the first episode you've come across, I'll explain my purpose for doing these. We've never experienced a pandemic in our lifetimes. There has been many, many changes in a short space of time. Lots of feelings about this. It's surreal, at times tragic, equally inspiring when you hear about things that people have done. Just so, so many adjectives that could be used. And it's affected everyone differently. And I think that it's important to have an honest record, remembering this as we are, rather than the politically slanted version that we may find in the history books in 100 years time. I'm just going to let these contributions run back to back. Again, I said there's no particular theme to these, but I will tell you that all the participants either live or work in Devon. Some wish to remain anonymous. That's absolutely fine. It's the stories and the memories that I'm really after. First up, we hear from someone who could really use your help. Obviously, he does not want to remain anonymous, so I've put his contact details in the show notes. Hi, my name's Rob. I live in Exminster and I work for the local government as a departmental manager. Uh, I've been asked to share my lockdown story, uh, which starts quite selfishly. Um, when we could see lockdown impending, I thought I need something to keep myself busy. So I bought myself a 3D printer, intent on making lots of silly models, costumes, you name it. Just anything to keep myself busy while we wouldn't be allowed to leave our homes. I uh, found myself flicking through Facebook one day and saw that a friend of mine who works for the NHS um, 300 miles away was asking for help if anybody could uh, fashion something to stop her face mask rubbing on the back of her ears. So I did a little bit of research and found this wonderful little file that I could print which gave her uh, something to put behind her head and loop the strings of her visor, um, or her mask, sorry, um, around little tabs on there to take the pressure off the backs of her ears. So I printed about 50 of them, sent them up to her and uh, told her to distribute them amongst her colleagues. At the same time as I did that, I put out a post on, uh, again, social media, just to residents of the development that I live on in Exminster and just to the local community saying, hey, if anybody works for the NHS or social care or any frontline service that means you're having to wear these face masks, uh, give me a shout and I can provide you with some of these ear protectors, thinking that I might hear from two people. Um, about a thousand ear protectors later, I realised that actually maybe I've bitten off more than I can chew here. Um, my printer was running round the clock uh, probably for three weeks before I started thinking, hang on a minute, I'm getting in over my head. 
So I thought, right, what can I do? I didn't want to stop, so I put out a post to my friends, primarily, um, but also within the local community, saying that I was running low on materials, that the cost of materials were flying up as um, retailers saw the uh, demand for uh, what I was doing because a lot of people around the country were doing the same they of course became mercenary and now as I write this or record this rather uh, prices have gone up about 250% um, anyway so I put this post out amongst my friends and the, the local community and then was bowled away when I received nearly £300 worth of supplies be that plastics for printing or materials for keeping my printer clean um, and now acetates for making visors so that kind of put me into phase two of what I was doing um, and I started run, running my machine round the clock even further um, probably for nearly a month um, once we got to the point that I just couldn't keep up with the uh, items that I was being asked for, I put out a much wider social media post and I was absolutely bowled over by the response. First of all, I was contacted by a local company called Bvive who uh, operate out of Cranbrook. They offered to lend me the printer that they use for making their prototypes and uh, said I could keep it for as long as I needed. Um, to add an additional printer to my uh, to my arsenal, so that was incredible. I went and picked that up from Jake that evening, and it's been working solidly ever since. Um, I was also contacted by a very kind gentleman who, sadly, I'm not going to name because I don't have his permission to share his details. Um, and he lent me a printer that he bought when he retired for making um, bits and pieces in his spare time. I was also contacted by Devon and Somerset Fire and Rescue, um, who, after a few days of conversation about what I was doing and what my plans were, um, offered to give me a grant um, of £600 to buy another printer um, and then to spend whatever was left on the materials needed to uh, keep that printer running around the clock. So that meant, in total, I had four printers. Uh, cue my wife with the eternal... Uh, Eye on the electricity bill, and uh, I thought, right, these are noisy. These are draining a lot of a lot of juice from the wall. So what shall I do? And I had a quiet word with the trustees of Exminster Victory Hall and said, look, I've got this. I know I can keep this going around the clock. We've got a big demand. Is there any chance I could hire the hall from you? Um, I received an almost immediate response from the trustees saying we love what you're doing, uh, we would like to offer you use of the hall completely free of charge and since then I've had three machines running round the clock in the hall um, knocking out anywhere between 200 to 300 ear protectors a day or 35 to 40 visors on a, produ on a productive day um, we are having visors dropped into the RD&E. We've so far supplied their maternity ward, their STD ward, all of the housekeeping departments, and we've got bits in A&E and other areas where whilst they've got PPE equipment, um, they're obviously understocked. Uh, I've got visors and ear protectors in schools, in shops. Um, to be honest, I'm losing track. I do have a record of where they're going, but I don't have time to look at it very often. Um, but we've got products all over the community. And through Amazon wish lists, we are continuing to receive 
very, very generous donations from village residents and even wider afield out into Exeter and the rest of the county, uh, materials that we're needing to keep the printers going. We had an instance only last week where we thought we were going to run out of the acetates that we needed to use for the shields on the visors. Um, I was down to my last 40. I now have 1,200 sat in here ready to go. So I'm putting each visor frame uh, out with between two and five uh, re replaceable visor shields so that um, they're not a one-time only use. They give you the ability to swap the face mask over if one becomes dirty or damaged, um, whereas the, the, the band that goes around the head is far more robust. Uh, so that's really my, my lockdown story. Uh, it started out thinking I was going to be bored and needed something to do, and it's turned into working my full-time job from a desk set up in the corner of the Victory Hall, uh, whilst keeping an eye on the 3D printers. I've got to put a massive shout out to the volunteers who are coming in every uh, every day to, to look after them. Um, again, I don't have their permission to share their names, so uh, there are some very kind ladies and gents who are looking after the printers, looking after our social media, um, helping me actually get some sleep by managing the messages, because we are getting messages at some very strange times from people who are coming off shift and seeing what we're doing. Um, so what I've found is I've actually made so many friends in my local community over this um, that I you know, wouldn't have done this without it. So hopefully that's a, a positive lockdown story. Um, I hope everybody is staying safe and if anybody needs any face visors or ear protectors, have a look on social media. We are the Exminster Community Print Farm or we can be reached at xminster3d at outlook.com. Um, as I say, my name's Rob, it's been a pleasure contributing this, and um, I hope to hear from somebody. Take care, bye-bye. Lockdown has been strange. Work has not changed for me. Well, that's a lie. I mean, I'm still going into work daily. Have to work at the hospital, apparently. I can't work from home. Driving myself into work now, I have managed to secure a key worker permit, which means I can park in around the roads around the hospital, which is good, but I miss my daily chats with my husband. But it does save on petrol and gives me a bit of exercise to and from the car to the hospital. What I find is strange are the roads. They're so quiet. At 6.20, which is the time I leave, it's just dead. It's good. It means I can miss the potholes, something you can't normally do, as there were cars there waiting to turn right. As I walk into the hospital, I haven't seen the patients with their drips attached, having their cigarettes sat outside on the benches. Do I miss that? If I'm honest, I do. I miss saying good morning to them. The hospital corridors are deserted. I feel apprehensive as I walk, opening the doors along the corridors. You do wonder if there's any viruses on the handles. I walk up the stairs, trying not to touch the hand railings. I pause at the landing and look at the wisteria climbing the pergola in one of the gardens. I smile. I continue my way up the stairs and another door handle. My office overlooks the labs, the secure doors are covered in notices, wash hands, go home, 
if you can, if you have a cough. I press the code on the doors, release another handle, <laughs> another handle to touch. I get to my office, unlock the door, another handle. Go in, find the hand gel, switch on my PC. Read the emails that have accumulated overnight. Read the update first, the update the hospital gives out. They don't record the deaths anymore. They just record the good news, the patients that have gone home after recovering from the virus. We still have a few patients in hospital, but surely and steadily they are reducing, which is all good news. The update provides us with information on how to improve our well-being. The latest update on PPE, reminding of what we're allowed and not what we're allowed to do and how long we need to wear it for, if that makes sense. It has to be worn for four hour session. You can't take it off in those four hours. You need to hydrate before you put it on and you can't take it off. I think that means there's a shortage. Who can tell? I'm in an office, so I don't require any protection. I've got hand wash and I've got gel if I'm not able to wash my hands. We have measured the space between our desk. We almost make the two metres, but I sit next to the door and the communal printer is in our office, so colleagues walk behind me. I keep saying we should be wearing masks, but apparently it's not required. I'm beginning to sound like a broken record. We have tried working in different offices. The space is no better. We're all still tightly packed together. I go to collect notes. Everyone I meet on the way has masks, but not me. How do I feel? Like a third class citizen. Going to buy milk for the coffee in the morning is a really strange affair. The canteen has locks on it now which you have to press your swipe card to get in. The tables and chairs have been removed to prevent social distancing. Does it work? No. The floor is marked, the cashier is enclosed, you have to pay by card. But masks aren't allowed in the canteen. It's all so surreal. Work. Well, that's changed completely. Microsoft team has taken over the world. Consultants have appointments with their patients, which feedback is great. No traveling and no trying to park. For me, I'm minuting meetings. I'm lucky. I've been there a long time. I know the voices of most, but it is so strange not actually seeing people. On a plus, it saves me trying to find a meeting room, which is an absolute nightmare at the hospital. So long may MST meetings last. I work in a department that hasn't stopped working. Radiotherapy and chemotherapy still has to go ahead. We need to protect our patients. The nurses in the team are working on ways they can support end-of-life patients. It must be so hard being ill and not being able to see your loved ones, to have visits from them, to hold their hands. The nurses aren't allowed to do this either, which is so, so sad. 
I'm sure I have nurses that break this rule. We have been working on a bereavement card with a poem for patients, loved ones. Belongings of those who've passed away need to be kept in a plastic bag for seven days before it can be opened. It's all so heartbreaking, so, so sad. I see nurses going beyond and above to try and make difference for those whose loved ones are in the last end of life. It's heartbreaking at the best of time watching those nurses do that. But with COVID-19, it's so much worse. The chaplain visits us to make sure we're okay, which is very strange, but nice. One of my bosses is now working on the Nightingale project. Hopefully we'll never need to use this. This is in addition to her day job, but she does it so positively. My clinical director is now working on how we can encourage patients to come forward and have their treatment. There's press items going out in the press, it's on the news, it's on Facebook, but patients are scared to come into the hospital. I know, I'm scared. The senior nurse is busy sorting staffing and ward moves to try and accommodate all the different ways we're working. She's suffering with a real chronic bad back. She comes back from wandering around the hospital, lays on the floor to try and relieve her pain. She gets up, she carries on. There are good times. I love the people I work with and so appreciate the little treats we've been given by businesses and the public. The Easter egg was delicious. The bottle of posh shampoo really brought a smile to my face. It's strange how these small but welcome gifts mean so much. Yes, I'm scared, but I go to work, as I think I'm needed, but who knows. At home is my haven. I travel home from work on my own now, which is sad, because I miss my catch-up time with my husband. We always used to talk about what had happened during the day. When I get in, I put on the TV, I have a glass of wine or three, and cuddles with my cat. Greaves loves a cuddle, and I love to cuddle him. My hubby tells me what has happened during the day. He's self-employed, and sadly his business involves people, so that's all on hold. It must be awful for him, being stuck in the house all day. He does little jobs, and I know he tries to make them last, but it just must be so, so weird. I think that's where I'm lucky going to work. I'm missing my family and friends, but I practice what I preach. Stay at home, stay safe, and protect the NHS. But having said that, I'm lucky. I have a garden, food on my table, family and friends there for me at the end of a phone, WhatsApp and Zoom. I'm alive and well, and I wake up to the dawn chorus, live in a wonderful place, and I'm biding my time until we are free again to come and go as we please. Just thinking about lockdown really, it's really different. My whole life has changed. 
um, from taking the children to school, meeting mums, going for coffee, doing my counselling course, exercising, to, I suppose, feeling quite trapped. Um, I'm now homeschooling and also doing a lot of counselling over the phone for people that are feeling quite low at the moment. Really, some quite vulnerable people out there that I didn't realise. It's also been lovely spending time with the family, Um, getting to know my son properly, getting to know... um, my daughter as well. Um, my husband goes out to work every day and that sometimes freaks me out a little bit because I don't know who he's been in contact with. Yeah, it's just um, a real weird feeling. It's a feeling of um, not being in control of anything and not knowing when this is going to end, I think, just heightens that whole feeling. I think if we had some kind of plan and understanding even if it was months down the line then you're able to actually look forward to something you can see a light at the end of the tunnel but obviously you know we we can't have that at the moment yeah so lockdown has been quite interesting really good and really bad Hi, my name's Nicola and I run and work in a local post office and shop in Devon. Um, Being designated uh, an essential government service, I've remained open so far throughout the whole of the COVID-19 crisis and it has been unexpectedly busy over the last couple of months. In the build-up to the lockdown, there was a real sense of people getting prepared, ready for what was likely to happen. And this resulted in a lot of people starting to send items such as food, including the big pasta and rice packages, um, over to loved ones who were already experiencing shortages, but also a shift in payments for gas and electricity and trying to get bills paid in case they couldn't get out at a later point in time. With the closure of the pubs on Friday the 20th of March and the announcement of lockdown on Monday the 23rd, I started to see my business banking customers for the final time as they paid in their last set of takings. And discussions really started to change as the seriousness of all of this really started to take hold. People were really concerned about how they were going to survive the next couple of months, particularly when several of my customers employ significant numbers of people and with no takings, there was no obvious way of managing to try to support these people and their families. Thankfully, the government support scheme through furlough has allowed some of these businesses a temporary respite and relief from these worries. But should this continue for a lot longer, the level of uncertainty is still as big as ever. The countdown to Easter now well underway, the volume of posts being put through the system really stepped up a gear, almost as busy as Christmas levels, yet this time with huge amounts of chocolate. 
Sales in the shop also shifted dramatically as people were trying to make the most of the outside weather. So purchasing things like seeds and some of the gardening stuff that we have on sale, but also outside toys and games to help keep the children entertained during their time off school. Now, in our six weeks of lockdown, levels of mail have continued to increase, but once again, with a shift in what's being put through the post. So at the moment, lots of online shopping being done and people using the time to have a really good clear out and sell their things through eBay. Throughout the whole of this experience so far, there's clearly been a real shift in the mood of people. And that's inevitable. The sense of increasing anxiety and stress that people feel. People really want to talk. And in between all of the busyness that takes place on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm hearing lots of stories of personal experiences about how people are coping with their time at home, whether or not they're at work, how things are going with their family and homeschooling. It's clear that whilst we are clearly all in this together, there are so many different experiences. Some of my customers are having an absolute blast. They're really enjoying the time not being at work, particularly when they know that there is some financial support available. And they're having a really good clear out and managing to do jobs that they've been wanting to do for a long, long time. Also spending a bit more quality time with family if they happen to be within the same household. On the other hand, there's a huge number of people who are really, really struggling with it and hating this time. For some people, the stories of the loss of, the sense of routine and sense of uncertainty and the loss of a job and not knowing as and when there will be some level of secure income again. Other people get incredibly frustrated and bored with the huge amounts of time that they have off. As the next government review approaches, conversations are also being had about what we think should be happening. And once again, a whole range of opinions from different people, depending on their experiences so far. On a personal level, I feel like I'm on the edge of this whole experience insofar as I'm very aware of what is happening in the world around me, but on a day-to-day -day basis, there has been very little change in my life and routine. I still am lucky enough to be able to work. I have a work routine and the business still needs looking after. The accounts need doing, the orders need doing, the shop needs cleaning. And I've never been so busy as I have been over the last couple of months. It is great to see my regular customers, even though I know that some of them perhaps shouldn't be out and about, but it means that they're okay. It's also been great to see so many new faces coming through the door and hopefully once life starts to get back to normal, so to speak, these people will return and help keep the business going because as part of the Rural Post Office Network, we are certainly under threat. One of the things that I've really loved is hearing and seeing our community really come into its own. People volunteering to help each other out, paying for shopping, running errands. And I really hope that some of this continues once the worst of it is over. 
it's been lovely that so many people have asked how I'm doing throughout all of this and whether or not the current state of business will ensure the survival in the long run. At the moment, the whole thing just feels too big to contemplate. And so my answer is I'm just taking it day by day, step by step, as I think everyone is. The hardest part for me of all of this is not being able to see or be with my family, especially during big life events. So recently my dad lost his mum and I was unable to be there to support him or attend her funeral. And as we currently speak, my niece is in labour, giving birth to the first baby boy to arrive in my family for over 45 years. I'm not sure when I'm going to meet this new arrival to our family, especially as my family live out of area. And even when socialising with your family restarts, I have concerns that I'm in contact with so many people that it wouldn't be fair to put him at risk. There are times when I feel guilty about working and keeping the business going, especially when hearing other people's stories, when my experience of COVID-19 seems so uneventful at the moment. Maybe this will change as time progresses, as who knows how long all of this will last. I do worry that despite the setup of my shop and post office with a fortress counter and wearing PPE, that I'm in contact with so many people that I myself could become ill. This would inevitably mean the closure of the business that has become so important to so many people within my community in so many ways over the last few weeks. I try not to overthink this and just have to accept that whatever happens, happens and deal with it at the time. I just hope that despite how difficult things are for people at this moment in time, that we are able to take something positive out of it and learn as we move forward into our new normal. As usual, thank you to everyone who took the time and trouble to take part and record these memories. Rob and the Exminster Print Farms details are in the show notes. If you can help this fantastic cause, it will be much, much appreciated. My contact details are almondtriangle at gmail.com and I'm almond.triangle on Instagram if you want to take part. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.